Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service from St Paul's in Leamington. Uh, whoever you are, you're very welcome with us. I particularly want to thank our musicians who've been working so hard putting together the songs for us to sing in worship week by week. It's been good over the last few weeks having Josh with us working as our summer intern and you'll see he's been coordinating the musicians so the different videos they've laid down in their own homes are combined together and I hope that helps your worship this morning. Let's pray as we come to sing. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your love and faithfulness, which are both utterly constant, whatever is going on all around us. Send your spirit on us today as we worship you in song. Speak to us through your word. Help us as we pray. And may our worship to you be glorifying to you uh, in every way. And we offer it to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, my name is Katie, I'm the Children's Minister at St Paul's. We're going to start this morning with a quick game. I want you to work out if the things that I'm about to say are true or false. Some of them are real and some are completely made up by me. Are you ready? The first one is this. Adam, our curate, has owned 28 cars. Have a think, true or false? That one is true, apparently. The second one is this. I know the Lord's Prayer in Latin. What do you think, true or false? That one's false. I know the first two words, but that definitely doesn't count. Third one, true or false? Jonathan G is the same age as my dad. That one is true. Sorry, Jonathan. Uh, next one. Adam is allergic to shampoo. True or false? That one is false, luckily. And the final one. I once represented England at gymnastics. That one is also false. Although it was almost true and I'm not bitter about it at all. Now, those things that I made up were a bit silly, a bit of fun. But in today's Bible passage, we learn about how damaging it can be when people make things up about someone else. It's a story all about Stephen. You might remember that last week I mentioned seven men who were chosen to help the disciples with their work. And one of those men was Stephen. Now, the description of him in the Bible is pretty cool. He's described as being full of the Holy Spirit, full of God's grace and power, having wisdom the Spirit gave him, and at one point, having the face of an angel. Close your eyes and imagine what you think an angel might look like. How amazing to be described in such a way. However, not everyone was happy with Stephen being so brilliant. In fact, some of the Jewish people from places like Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia and Asia persuaded people to lie about him to the elders and the teachers of the law. They brought him to the Sanhedrin, a bit like their courts of law, and told lies that he was speaking against them and their law. How do you feel when someone tells lies about you? What would you do if you found out someone was telling lies about you? Have a quick think and a chat with the people that you're with. How do you feel when someone tells lies about you? I would probably get quite angry and feel really hurt if I found out people were spreading um, lies. But Stephen doesn't show that he's angry or hurt. Stephen takes the chance to teach the people all about Jesus. He walks them through some of the Old Testament stories showing how all their lies were false by showing examples in the Bible right the way up to Jesus' death. He was incredibly brave to do this because it was dangerous to talk about Jesus and to contradict the elders. And the Sanhedrin didn't like it. They got absolutely furious. It says they gnashed their teeth. Have a go at gnashing your teeth. It's a bit like that, grinding them together. 
Stephen still didn't really react. He looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at his right-hand side. When he told the Sanhedrin that he could see this, they took him outside and began to throw stones at him. But Stephen didn't fight back. Instead, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I love that this is really similar to the words Jesus said when he died. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. We are called and asked to be as like Jesus as possible. Stephen is an incredible example of trying to be just like Jesus, even to echoing his words as he died. Now, we're lucky because in our country, we're not likely to be physically hurt because of our faith. We might be made fun of or told that we're making things up or laughed at. Instead of getting angry or hurt or embarrassed, we should try to do what Stephen and Jesus did. We should try to teach them about God and about Jesus and we should forgive them. It's not always easy to do those things, but if we try to do it, then we will be following the examples of Jesus and of Stephen. And the good news is that we are not trying to do it alone. Like Stephen, we are full of the Holy Spirit. It might be that you don't feel like you are and you might need to pray for a refreshing of the Spirit to help you do these things. But if we truly want to follow Jesus Christ, then we need to put aside our hurt, our embarrassment, our confusion, and try in earnest to teach those who are hurting or laughing at us about the love of God and to pray for them. So let's pray now. Father, we know that it is not always easy to follow you. We thank you for the example of Stephen, who taught others about you and prayed forgiveness when they didn't listen. Help us to be brave, God, and teach people about you and about your son, Jesus. Help us to pray for people who have hurt us. Amen. It's time for our all-age song now. This week we have a new song. We don't have any action so that we can focus on learning the words, but we'll sing it again next week with some actions. Let's sing together now. God told Jonah, go and say, Nineveh, you can be saved. But Jonah didn't go out of his way. Well, he kind of did. He jumped on another ship. I couldn't see what his father did. And Nineveh, they don't deserve a trip. But suddenly the boat began to rock and sway, side to side and back again. God, he had another plan. Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time. Oh, Jonah, if you decide you're gonna go your own way. 
God is trying to tell you You can have a whale of a tired old Jonah There's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me And it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for Nineveh For everyone, for you and me God told Jonah, go and say Nineveh, you can't be saved But Jonah didn't go out of his way Well, he kind of did He jumped on another ship I couldn't see what his father did And Nineveh, they don't deserve the trip But suddenly the boat began to rock and sway Side to side and back again God, he had another plan Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a will of a time, old Jonah If you decide you're gonna go your own way God is trying to tell you You can have a will of a time, old Jonah There's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me and it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for Nineveh For everyone, for you and me One, two, three days in the whale One, two, three days in the whale Then it spat him out again Off to Nineveh he ran One, two, three days in the grave one, two, three days in the grave No one knew that Jesus would be raised But suddenly the earth began to rock and sway Side to side and back again God, he had another plan Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah, if you decide you're gonna go your own God is trying to tell you You can have a will of a time Oh Jonah There's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me And it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for Nineveh For everyone, for you and me Fantastic. Well, my name's uh, Adam. I'm one of the clergy at St. Paul's uh, and I hope you enjoyed that song. We'll do it again next week. We'll have some actions as well next week to have a go at as well. Uh, in a moment, we're going to turn to prayer and I'm going to hand over to Bav, but I'd like to introduce Bav to you. First of all, Bav's been part of our church family at St. Paul's here. How long have you been with us, uh, Bav? How long have you been at St. Paul's? Uh, six and a half years now. Six and a half years, fantastic. Bav has also more recently uh, been uh, launched a YouTube channel, uh, which is fantastic. But I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit maybe about why you did that and what, what's behind it? Yeah, so I started this YouTube channel um, because I really wanted to show that uh, our faith is a multicultural faith. Um, and really just to kind of keep the Bible alive today, you know, um, the Bible is 66 stories and that's a snapshot of what you know, Jesus did and what God's done in the past. But actually, um, we are living examples of what God does today. And so I really want to encourage people in, in our generation and, you know, the world that we live in um, just about what God is still doing today. And just really kind of keep that hope alive, you know, to show that it's not just a historical book, that actually God still works in what we're doing today. 
fantastic. And what's the name of your YouTube channel? So it's called Couch Conversations with Rani. Don't be confused. I know some of you know me as Bab. Um, but I really wanted to kind of engage people from a cultural point of view. So Rani means queen um, in the Indian language. So and, that, and that's across most, most Asian cultures. So I wanted to kind of really draw on that so people can, you know, um, get a real understanding of you know, who I am um, from that perspective. Fantastic. Well, I can highly recommend uh, the YouTube channel to you. We'll put a link on Facebook and on Twitter uh, a bit later on and try and put it into the comments in a moment uh, as well. But as I say, I'm going to hand over to Bab now. I'm going to leave and uh, Bab's going to lead us in our prayers this morning. So let's move to prayer. So thank you, Adam. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for the wider church around the world, Lord. Lord, thank you for who you are. Lord, as we pray, we begin to pray first with our eyes. Lord, help us to see the goodness in the world, to see goodness in other people and goodness in ourselves as you have created us, Lord. Help us to see your kingdom vision here on this earth. Help us to see you in places, Lord, where we think you are not. Help us to hear, Lord, your voice in the midst of so many other voices. Help us to hear words of encouragement and love. Help us to hear your voice, Lord, wherever we are. Help us to listen to other people's stories as they share, Lord. And next, Lord, we pray with our lips. Lord, help us to speak words of kindness and love towards other people and ourselves. Lord, help us to pray prayers that will move mountains even when it seems hard. Lord, help us to use our mouth to say good things and share the gospel, Lord. Help us and encourage us to share our testimonies. And next, Lord, we pray for our minds. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Fill our mind with good, positive thoughts towards others, towards our world and towards ourselves. Help us to think good, godly thoughts and to have a Christ-like mind. And Lord, finally, Lord, we pray for our hearts, Lord. Lord, you say, guard your heart above all else for everything you do flows from it. So Lord, help us to guard our hearts. Help us to be healed of our own brokenness so that we may help others with theirs. Make us tender-hearted, Lord, where we are not. Fill our hearts with the same love, Lord, that you have for us and the same forgiveness that you have for us that we may have that towards other people. Lord, help our hearts to follow your call to follow your ways, Lord. May your Holy Spirit guide us 
and show us whichever way we need to go, Lord. So, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for wherever we are, Lord, whatever situation we're in, Lord. Thank you that you are with us through it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Thanks, Bav. We're going to finish our prayers with the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to do the actions if I can remember, so do join me if you can. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We're going to sing again now, so let's do that.
the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the that song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Holy, there is no one like you There is none besides you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love To those around me song we could ever sing 
the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Holy, there is no one like you there is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love To those around me again to our musicians thank you to to Bav or Ronnie and we pray great blessing on you and your YouTube channel thank you too for Katie and your respect for my great old age 
Uh, we're coming now to the Bible reading from Acts 7 and the story of Stephen, which Mel is going to read to us. And then our speaker this morning is David Dean. David and Sally and their family joined us last year at St Paul's. Uh, they moved up here as David leads the UK work of the Barnabas Fund, which is based in Coventry. Barnabas Fund works with Christians who are persecuted in different countries of the world to support them. And I've asked David to speak today as we follow up the story of Stephen, who was persecuted and killed for his faith. Uh, but first, Mel is going to read the story to us. Well, good morning. My name's Mel Tweed. I'm one of the staff team here at St Paul's. This morning's reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 7, verses 54 to chapter 8, verse 8. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard Stephen say this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. How did you respond to last week's sermon? Or the week before, we had some discussions a fortnight ago related to pocket money. Sermons can generate strong emotions. Sally and I had to field a few questions a fortnight ago. Maybe they were more like statements. At the end of Act 7, there's an extreme negative response to a speech. And then, early in Chapter 8, there's an equally strong positive response to a sermon. Stephen's speech, it's more than 50 verses in chapter 7, have a read, generated all of the following. Fury, teeth gnashing, covering of ears, yelling at the top of voices, rushing, dragging and finally stoning. God's godly people mourned deeply for him. But by verse 7 of chapter 8, that deep mourning had turned to great joy. So the question to ask is this, 
What was it that turned the morning to joy? And the answer, while it might be surprising, is worth knowing. And as a clue, <coughs> here's another question with the same answer. How do you turn addition to multiplication? If you're learning or teaching numeracy, or if your child is being taught numeracy, you'll know that addition can be taught, can be turned to multiplication by repetition. So two times four can be answered by using the two times table, or you can add two plus two plus two plus two. And in the final verse of Acts chapter 2, we read that the Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved. By the time we get to chapter 6, the first verse of chapter 6, we read that in those days, the number of disciples was increasing or multiplying. So the addition in chapter 2 is turned to multiplication in chapter six. And what was it that's in between that turned addition to multiplication? And perhaps surprisingly, what happened in between was persecution. Barnabas funded a charity that helped persecuted Christians. And the office is next to the cathedral in Coventry. A few Christians in Leamington, including from St. Paul's, Daniel Frame and I commute there each day. Persecution isn't new, it's been around since the church began as we're learning and it's not going away. In fact it's getting worse. Even today Christians who meet together are at risk, not because of coronavirus or in addition to coronavirus, they're at risk because of those who violently attack Christians simply because they are Christian. Church buildings are still a target for bombers, as are church people. Even when life isn't in danger, Christians who are persecuted have the same needs as me and as you. What do I need and what do you need? I need a school, I need a house, I need a job, I need my health. And when disaster strikes, the needs are greater, very often Christians who are persecuted are not at the front of the queue, they're not at the middle, they're not at the back, they're not in the queue at all, simply because they're Christian. James is a pastor in India, he tried to collect food provided by the government and the state government, the local government who distributed the food is dominated by an extremist group who refused to give food to Pastor James unless he gave up his faith in Jesus. Three questions. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? Secondly, how does it make us feel? And then thirdly, what would I do? What would you do? James didn't deny Jesus. The persecution, the murder, we call it martyrdom of Stephen, cause mourning. Verse 8 shows us that persecution was also the means by which that same mourning turned to joy. And the P of persecution leads us to the P 
of St Paul's, after which our church is named. Paul, when he was Saul, before he started to persecute, was, in verse 1, an approver of persecution. And we're likely, if we're able, we're likely to copy the actions of which we approve. And sure enough, in verse 3, we read, Saul began to destroy the church. How is it possible to destroy something that Jesus began and promised to build? Saul destroyed the church in the same way that Jesus was destroyed on the cross. In other words, a destruction which was incomplete and a destruction which was unsuccessful. And since persecution causes church growth from 2, the second chapter of Acts, to 6, the sixth chapter, it causes a church to grow. That destruction actually has the opposite effect. The church is Jesus' bride. The church is Jesus' building project. And the church saw off Saul by transforming Paul. The church will see off the gates of hell as Jesus builds his church and the church will see off any restrictions or any persecution that's imposed upon her. Verse 4 tells us that those who were scattered preached the word wherever they went. That's similar to the way in which the scattering of pollen by birds and bees causes multiplication of plants. Matthew Henry wrote, persecution must not drive us from our work, but it may send us to work elsewhere. And throughout the history of the church, persecutions had the following consequences. One, it causes scattering. Two, it encourages those who remain. Imagine being Stephen's natural brother, knowing he's weak, knowing he has failings, and then seeing his steadfastness, seeing how he gave, asked God to forgive those who were stoning him, hearing him speak, speak, and then witnessing him sleep while he was being stoned. Persecution also causes, or at least contributes to, the conversion of those who persecute. We often forget this one, but the seeds of the conversion of Saul who became St Paul were sown here in chapter 8 and verse 1 when Saul gave his approval to the stoning, killing, murder and martyrdom of Stephen. Persecution on the one hand is hard and horrible and yet on the other hand it turns mourning to joy, it causes the church to multiply and it causes the church to spread. In chapter 7, Stephen's speech created fury and gnashing and covering of ears and yelling and ultimately stoning. And then in chapter 8 of verse 8, we read that Philip's sermon led to miracles, the coming out of evil spirits and to healing. Wow, what a response to a sermon. It's hardly surprising that there was joy. 
what miracles do we need? What is it that needs expelling? And in what area of my life, in your life, in what area of our life do we need healing? Persecution was the means by which warning was turned to great joy. So let's journey to joy, even through pain and even through persecution. The joy will be great. Thank you, David, very much. Let's pray together about some of the themes that David has touched on. First of all, Heavenly Father, we pray for your great blessing on David and the work of the Barnabas Fund around the world, and indeed the work of Open Doors, our mission partner, as both Barnabas and Open Doors work with Christians who are persecuted for their faith in other countries. We pray for your blessing on them. We pray that you will help them get the resources that are needed to Christians in need of food and shelter and medicine. Most of all, we pray that you will turn this persecution to good, as you did after Stephen's death and the gospel spread as the disciples were scattered. So we pray that in all the lands where there is persecution, your church will be revived and grow and thousands, millions of people become followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray too for Bav, for Rani, as she shares her faith more widely and for the whole Asian community that she's part of and for that YouTube channel and for all of us that we would be better at spreading our faith. Give us confidence, Lord Jesus, to speak for you. And we pray too that in this land you will lead the church to plant new expressions of church in lots of different places to reach new people and indeed new churches in areas of new housing. Uh, just uh, before I continue with that prayer, uh, we were praying for the PCC last week and on Monday night the PCC uh, discerned God's call for us to be proactive in looking to plant new expressions of church locally and new churches or re-energise churches that have got tired in this area. So Heavenly Father we pray for your leading and guiding, the filling of your spirit as we look to keep in step with you and all around the country we thank you that there is a new wave of church planting going on. We pray that the addition would turn to multiplication in this nation and around the world for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now we're going to sing uh, our last song about Jesus, who is the way maker. You are here, moving in. working in the 
Stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop.
my God, that is who you are. You are we make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who Now receive this blessing from God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look kindly on you and give you his peace. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and shine through you this day and forevermore. Amen. As always, we're going to have a chance to talk together over Zoom in just a few minutes at 11 o'clock or shortly afterwards. Do grab a drink, coffee or whatever you want. Uh, we meet together, we put you in groups of four and a chance to catch up with each other. And then this evening, we have a prayer meeting over Zoom using the same link uh, sent out in Jan's Friday email. Uh, that will be at half past seven this evening and I invite you to join with us as we pray together for God's work here at St Paul's and much further afield. I uh, hope to see some of you soon over coffee. <laughs>